Hey guys, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. And if you love what you see, and I know you do, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean so much to us. Yeah, it absolutely means the world to us. Helps us get out to a wider audience. Really just catch more people that we can help you with the show. Again, getting value. Check us out. Thank you again. So grateful to you. Check out the best ever show at www.joefairless.com. Joe and his team are running a sweepstakes for a chance to be on the show. Be sure to visit the website for entry details and good luck to everyone participating. Hi, everyone. It is my favorite day. It is Monday. Why? Because it is Mothers of Multifamily. I get to interview the best, the greatest mothers in this asset class and this Lady, this mama that I have on today is no joke. She is amazing. Everyone, I want you to welcome Lisa Landry. Hi, Lisa. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Peeling. I'm uh, excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. So, Lisa, Lisa is partnered in 200 plus units. She is an accredited investor and she is CEO of Landry Designs and Landry Staging. She is an award-winning interior design firm with a team of 12, a 1,200 square foot studio in Texas working on properties across the country. She has designed and decorated 30 plus BC class apartment communities in several states winning first, second, and third places in an international design contest judged by magazine editors across the U.S., She's worked with local property managers to renovate and remodel leasing offices, fitness centers, bath, baths and kitchens, exterior paint selection for apartment communities, unit interiors, model units. I mean, basically everything there is to do with design, she can do. She's been voted best interior designer by Living Magazine for seven, seven, seven years now. 35 international design awards judged by national magazine editors, design work published nationally 28 times, previous franchise owner, ranked number one out of 250 franchises five years running prior to exiting, family of real estate investors, remodelers, and realtors, and she is a resident of Fort Worth, Texas. Whew, Lisa, <laughs> oh my goodness. You are we amazing. <laughs> So my question for all my mamas, how is it that you do all of that and you are, and, and just be, being able to be like a mama and a provider, how do you do it? How do you do it all? Well, I do think it's tricky. I think it's not that easy. Um, but I feel like, you know, my son has grown now. And so I've raised him, but I was always working during that time. I've always been a full-time worker. I've always had, you know, businesses of my own where I've managed businesses, that kind of thing. So I do think it's really important to think about it's, it's your goal to raise your children where like, you're the kind of adult you want them to be, not be, I was never like a helicopter mom, you know, like when he was growing up. I wasn't the one who coddled him or um, although we're very affectionate and those kind of things, I wasn't the one who made things super easy for him. I was always thinking, what kind of adult do I want him to be and how can I make him be self-sufficient and independent and success driven and uh, competitive and an achiever and, you know, all the kind of things that, that I felt like I wanted to be as an adult. So that was where my mindset was. And, mm -hmm. That's what I always tried to do. We had 
like family meetings a lot. You know, I just had one child, but we had family meetings where we talked about what are the things that each of us can contribute to make this household work? Like, what can I contribute? What can I do? Well, I can get out and make money so that we can pay for the house. What can my husband do? You know, he, he could get out and make money also. He could maybe mow the yard. What could a child do? And when we went at it from that angle, like what can each of us bring to the table? Then it becomes more of a team effort. And for the child to say, oh, well, I could do this. I could help set the table or I could help unload the groceries or, you know, I could put away my toys every day. Uh, when they're suggesting the things instead of you telling them what they're going to do, it's much easier for them to be excited and feel like they're part of the family and part of the team and they're contributing. So we always kind of went at it from that angle is we're a team. We're sort of like us against the world. How do we achieve everything we want to and let's all lock arms and walk over these hills together instead of you have to do this, you're going to do this. You know, I never wanted to be that grouchy mom that was always complaining and whining and begging for people to help. It, it really has to be evenly distributed in a family, I feel like. So that that's kind of how I raised him. And he works with me one day a week now in the studio. And our studio is actually 12,000 square feet. Uh, so oh, it's a really me. big, yes. <laughs> a really big space. And we have, you know, a bunch of people in that area. But he works as our IT person one day a week. So I still get to see him and he has a family of his own now and he has a child of his own. And I feel like he's raising her in that same way where she's very independent and self-sufficient and um, you know, ev everybody just does their part. That's kind of how our family is anyway. My whole family is very hardworking and we don't, we don't think about what can we get. We think about what can we give to achieve what we want long-term, you know, how can we help others? How can we bring others along with us? So that kind of mindset, I think is always, you know, what I had. Um, I'm a very, uh, I like adventure. I like a lot of excitement and things like that. And my son has turned out that same way. We went skydiving together and, you know, things like that that you can do where life should be an adventure, I think, and should be fun. And so, that whole family side, I think, was just working as a team and not trying to have it be just on the mother's shoulders. That's that, kind of where we came up, you know, from. <laughs> that is an amazing mindset, having the team mindset, having family meetings, even, I mean, mama's out there, even if your children are small, as young as three, even younger, oh, sure. just mm -hmm. to let them know that they have a responsibility to the family and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be you nagging. And I know you guys do that. I've been there. I've done that. It doesn't work. It's not fun for anybody, especially in these days and these times. You have to give yourself and your children grace. And I think what Lisa is saying is the best way to do that is to have that team mentality. Have that mentality that what can I contribute? Have your children ask themselves that. What can I contribute? This is an amazing mindset, Lisa. Thank you for sharing this. Okay. So how does this carry on into your business life? How does this carry on into your design life and into multifamily? Yes. And I really had that same mindset with my team. Um, you know, again, I have a team of 12 and I, I am not the leader who has my thumb on every single little thing. Again, I, I think a leader should inspire people to follow you, like set an example for them to follow you, not try to be dragging people along I'm always the one that's their cheerleader. I'm always the one that's positive and excited and fun and try to have 
games and, you know, make it super fun to come to work. I want them to love what they do. And, and, you know, we do something fun anyway. I mean, design is so fun and it shouldn't be too super serious. So I, I like the fact that everybody enjoys coming to work. Everybody gets along great. Everyone is helpful. We have all kinds of things that we do. We do a team meeting every Monday and we're doing them virtually right now, but we have a team meeting every Monday. And one of the things that we do is called spotlight of the week. And it's where we've taken a Google forms document and people vote throughout the week on someone who's done something to help them or someone that's done something great or something, you know, they need a little pat on the back for. So people vote throughout the week. And then at our Monday meeting, we have this big screen that comes up that we all say, I say, what time is it? And they all say, spotlight of the week, you know? <laughs> and uh, So then we have a button that they get and they get to pick their free lunch. Well, we announce whoever won, their picture shows up like it's a red curtain and it opens and their picture shows up at their headshot. And then we read every vote that they got to win, whoever got the most votes. Well, then we also read all of the honorable mention votes. So every single vote is read out loud to the team based on, you know, little things that people have done for each other. So really patting people on the back, I think, makes a big difference when you're trying to build a team mentality. So, you know, I, th I think that's uh, one of the things that's beneficial. And, and then also making sure that the team is really well trained. I think when they're trained well, they feel confident. And that's what I'm always trying to instill in employees is confidence. You know, it's clients are like, they can sense things like a horse. Like, you know how a horse can sense when you're afraid? Well, mm -hmm. clients can sense that in a salesperson too, uh, in any kind of business that you're in. So we don't want to have that sense of fear or neediness or pushiness in any form or fashion. So with, with all of our salespeople in particular, we want it to be where the clients are so excited about the project that we're talking about that they buy it. We're not pushing them into anything. They're, they just want it so desperately. It's like, how can they figure out how to get it? So that that's sort of just a different mindset as well. I love, I love, I know I was gonna say, I love that mindset as well. I mean, it sounds like your, your team is excited to work with you. They're educated and they're confident and that shows in their work and they, it shows to the, to your clients and your clients are basically my mamas and papas out there who are listening right now. Cause yes. listen to what Lisa's saying. When you are working with your team, these are the things you want to instill in your team. You don't want to instill fear. You don't want to instill the sense that they're entitled to you doing all the work. You want to make sure that you, that you have skilled and excited workers, that you have positive recognition. And these are all things that carry forth through business and family. I mean, this is, this is fantastic seeing the correlation between both and how you can carry on those positive things in both realms. That's so amazing. <laughs> One of the things that you asked about in the notes that you sent me ahead of time were about goals, kind of thinking about goals. And mm -hmm. we do a couple of different things at the studio for this. One is um, every week we have people review their goals. We have a five minute block of time during our team meeting where we've already set our goals. We do them at the beginning of each year and they're personal and professional goals and they break them down into smaller parts and things like that. But for five minutes, everyone's sitting with their goals, reading through all of their goals for the year, focusing on one for the week, breaking it down into smaller pieces and attacking it. And then at the end of that five minutes, 
which they'll work on throughout the week, but at the end of that five minutes, anyone who would like to share is welcome to share with the team just for some accountability, you know, if they, if they would like to. So they do share things that are personal. They share things that are professional. And then we're following up on those things the following week and the following week. And I think that that really helps to have that support network when you're working with other people. Um, they get to know you a little bit more personally. They get to understand you. They, you know, see your personal side and your professional side. So that that's one thing we do with goals. The other thing that we do is we have a big whiteboard in the back of the studio. It's not something that clients would see when they come in. We actually have something that covers it if clients do come in. But it's our goal board, and it's showing our goal for the month, written in marker, basically, uh, where we are for the year. But then each designer has her name written on there separately. And then we have a sheet where they can, they can um, jot down their sales, too. Well, what the designer does is when she comes back from an appointment, if she closed a sale, she goes back to the goal board. She erases her total number for the month herself and writes her new number in and puts her sale on that little sheet. So it's a very physical thing that she is seeing change and go up and up and up throughout the month and comparing it to all the other designers, which is also a great tool to use as competition. And that way, you know, I've thought about going to like a, like a digital scoreboard of some sort. I know a lot of businesses use those that have a lot of employees and I just don't, I just don't think it would be as effective as somebody writing it themselves. I agree. I agree. There's something tangible about go, being able to go there and change the number yourself and yes. having that positive, positive recognition again. And then the friendly competition with all your, with all the other salespeople, that's, that's genius. We also, <laughs> in my office, we have a whiteboard, we have all of our goals on it. And the thing is, and you already do this, but here's another tip for my mamas and papas out there. Make your goals quantifiable. So Lisa just gave us the tip that her team members actually write down their sales, have their goals listed, have the ways that they're going to get their goals done. So make sure they're quantifiable and make sure that they're actionable, actionable and quantifiable. Yeah, I think that's really important that, that there is something that you can see that you achieved that, not just yes. like this big grandiose thing in the clouds, you know, that it's very... Uh, small steps, baby steps that you can achieve. So yes. I think that makes a big difference. Um, so, the other, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, say the other thing we do during our team meeting is we go around and instead of people just saying, instead of me saying, you know, what's new with you? We say, tell me something good. Tell me something <laughs> good about your business. And, and we don't want it to be personal. We want this to get back to business now. And so everybody goes around one at a time and tell tells and then they have to think about what am I going to say this week so they better pre prepare something that's good and that they're planning on achieving you know for the week so that brings it back to business which I think is important um, kind of another caveat there is always recommend don't be friends with your employees don't make friends with your employees you've got to be the boss and you've got to be able to have the hard conversations when you need to um, and it's very difficult to do that if you've become friends and you've gone out to drinks with them. And I mean, if you go out as a group, that's one thing, but individually trying to make friends, I just don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a great, you know, solution for, for bosses in general. Yeah, I've, I've gone down that road, road before and where I've become like, it's all, all a big family, which is a great thing to have. But then 
bringing in that friendship going and it just it becomes awkward if you if they don't turn out the way yes. you want them to turn out or something happens in business and you feel really bad and yeah no i think no. making that separation that's a really really good thing to do that's a great piece of advice so i was what your bio says you're a partner in 200 plus units right now Yep. And you're, you're definitely investing into real estate. You're an accredited investor and you have done, I don't know, I would say in the thousands at this point, designs for specific units. So you are kind of like all around everything that I would think of when it comes to a multifamily investor, because you not only have the, the information on the accredited investor side, the actually investing and being a part of an investment, but you also have, you're the person that I want to go to when I want to design my, my apartment units. So how and why did you make that connection? Yeah, it's a great question. It was actually last February when my son, who's a real estate investor also, but he does single family homes and wholesaling and all those kinds of things. He was like, mom, you really need to have some more passive income. I had a lot of money in the stock market at that time. And I, I was just to the point where I thought, you know, he's really right. I should be doing something more passively. And so I started, you raise a smart boy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I started researching and I started listening to podcasts about real estate just in general. And it, the main question was pick your asset class. That was like the first step. And after I read everything, I was like, well, I've been doing multifamily designs for years now. And I just know so much more about this industry than, than, you know, the single family home industry. My dad's actually a commercial realtor also. And I, I felt like it was just home. And so I started researching multifamily and just went down that rabbit hole, listened to every multifamily podcast. I went to podcast university, you know, basically uh -huh. read every book I could get my hands on, watched every webinar that I could. And, you know, within a few months, I had sold everything out of the stock market, pulled all my money out, started investing, took a HELOC on my house to get, you know, extra income, took a loan from my life insurance policy, whatever I could do to free up some cash to start being prepared to invest in multifamily. And it's funny because now that I started doing that and I actually want to be a syndicator, that's my, you know, my goal is to do the design company and then also be a syndicator. I got into this group where everybody, you know, everybody's doing multifamily. They're all doing it in some different way. I've met hundreds and hundreds of people over this last year across the country and across the world, actually, that, oh my gosh, my mind is just blown. These people are like, you know, the, the cream of the crop kind of people. One of my goals this year was to build my tribe of like-minded people. And man, have I, have I met some great people. Um, so when I started getting into all that, then I realized there's not really an interior designer in this whole group and people keep asking me what I do and that's my other job. And, you know, I'm happy to be that person. There's no one filling this space really. And so got more and more involved in, uh, designing for all these syndication teams, which is super fun because I know now about, you know, the NOI and how we need to get that up and what things will increase the value of the property. And how you can raise your um, tenant base and, you know, what people think of when they walk in a leasing office, what's the first impression and what about the people that work there? Are they happy? Is this a pretty place? Is this a blah place? Is this like a meh place? You know, all those kind of things are very visual and they change the way people feel. So the leasing office in particular and the exteriors of the properties, I think those are the two elements 
as a syndicator that I would always recommend to change first. Um, I know the unit interiors need to be done also, but that's not the first impression. The first impression is that exterior and then the leasing office. So those are the two things I recommend doing first and then working on the, the unit interiors and adding amenities and things like that afterwards. See, that is fantastic information right there. Cause I, I'm always asked, you know, Peely, how did you get into this? How can I get into this without having any money? How can I get into this, you know, without paying like the buku dollars for our mentorship? The thing is, Lisa, you are like the perfect person to get into multifamily because you, you're already in it. You were already in it. You were already designing for it. So you took the very next step. So mamas out there who are trying to get into multifamily, trying to get into real estate, think about what you do. What is your superpower? Lisa's superpower is designing. She's an amazing designer and she could add value to all these syndicators' lives, which in turn, these syndicators, I am sure, gave Lisa a ton of information. So when she takes the next step into syndication, she's going to know and she's going to be educated and knowledgeable and have all this backup. So Lisa, I want to talk about mentorship now because that is key. I think that's key, especially in large multifamily. So tell me, Tell me why you decided to find a mentor, jump into that realm, and then what's your next steps from here? Yeah, that's a great question. The mentorship for me was important, not so much for the teaching, because I felt like when I started going to all these events that I went to, and I went to a lot, and I've been to a lot of conferences and all kinds of events over the last year, I mean, a lot, um, but I found that I really already knew most everything they were teaching because I had done so much education on my own. I felt like I knew more in some cases, you know, I had gone down that rabbit hole so far, but the network of people, this whole ecosystem of people that access is what I needed. That's what I really needed. I feel like, you know, the term social capital is what I needed. I needed to make friends and, and bonds with people that were already doing it and with people that were way above me doing it. Yes, the mentor is great and I, and I love that, but what the mentor is really providing is the whole ecosystem and being able to go to all these meetup groups and these conferences and talk for hours on end to people who are like you who want to do better and learn more and you meet people at all these different levels and I do think it's really important to be um, focused on what you want when you go to these conferences, because when I first went, I would spend 30 minutes with each person I met, you know, and just, just talk and talk and talk. And I did build some really good relationships there that I, that I still have today and they have led to other things. But I think each time I go now, I'm more focused on what kinds of people do I want to talk to this time? What piece of the puzzle am I missing? Who have I not really bonded with that's doing something that I want to do? you know, and, and offer help to them. How can I help you? I'm happy to, um, you know, help you with some design things or introduce you to somebody else that I know and, and those kind of things. So not going at it from what can I get, but how can I give back and not take too much of your time and, you know, uh, spread the, spread the wealth of knowledge to others and help you in some way and meet, match you up with someone who may be a passive investor or who may be a contractor I mean, there's so many different elements that we all bring to the table from our past experiences. And when people say to me, Lisa, how can you do design? You know, I, it's just not in my DNA. I just like, 
well, you know, you're a CPA, and that is definitely not in my, <laughs> my DNA. So we're all born with our own gifts, and we just need to use them. Uh, one of the things that I, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life years ago, I read this book, and I don't think it's even in publication anymore, but it was called Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow. And it asked, what is the thing that when you do it, time just flies by and you don't know how much time has passed? And for me, it was decorating. I'd always done that just for fun. And then the other question was, what is the thing that you would do even if you weren't paid to do it? And for me, it was decorating because I'd done it for friends and family for free. And it said, well, you need to figure out a way to make a living from that. That needs to be your career. So I came, started going down this path. And I think that's the case with multifamily, too. You sort of get this itch of, oh, my gosh, this is so interesting. And, and there's so much that can be done to develop these communities and make them better places for people to live. And, um, you know, it's so fun to take these value-add properties. I mean, I specialize in B and C class properties. So to take these value-add properties and just transform them into something else and change the people's lives who live and work there. And uh, I, just think it's, I just think it's a super fun genre to be in and it's the thing that I would do even if I wasn't paid to do it. This is, I mean, just your through line. You, I mean, I'm going to point out something. How can I give? And that's been your through line throughout everything that you've done. We started with your family. We went into design and team and now into multifamily. That's been your through line throughout. So listeners out there, Think about what your through line is. What is your through line? And if it's something like Lisa's, if it's something like giving value, making, making that top, then you're going to go far because Lisa is a top designer and she's getting into large multifamily. She's already in 200 plus units and she's stepping up to get into syndication. She knows how to network and she is taking those giant leaps and she is confident in herself and in her education and I'm going to go back to what you said, because I, I don't know why I've never heard this term before. Maybe I have, but you just said it and it actually clicked in my head, podcast university. So I don't want to ever, ever hear excuses that I don't have enough I don't have enough money for education because you can go to podcast university because there is a kabillion podcasts out there. Do your due diligence and make sure you find the right ones. But there are so many ways you can get educated. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, you're welcome. You know, when you talk to people and you're like, okay, I was supposed to talk to this person Right now, this day, you have got to me so excited about everything that I'm doing and making sure that I too am always giving and taking the next step. So all my listeners out there, I hope Lisa got you excited. I hope Lisa got you excited to figure out what your superpower is, to figure out the best, you know, the best way to raise your children. I mean, what she said about responsibility and making, making it so you can ask your children, what can they contribute? All these things are just amazing, amazing pieces of advice. So Lisa, before I let you go, if you have one more piece of advice to give to my mamas out there and papas too, what would it be? I would say that, you know, my goal is always to live a life of adventure and to have fun. That, that's the best thing that I can say. Use humor in everything you do. Make the people around you have fun this is doesn't have to be so serious you know life should be super fun and an adventure every day so let's just all go for it that is amazing i mean that's 
That is a breath of fresh air, Lisa. Thank you so very much. And I lied. I'm not going to let you go without asking one more question. How can people reach you if they want more information about what you do? If my syndicator buddies out there who are listening to this right now need your advice, where can they turn to? Yeah, the best way is really just through email. It's Mm -hmm. Lisa Landry at LandryDesigns.com. And I check that throughout the day, every day. And happy to jump on a call or do a Zoom call. Uh, Always happy to give back and however anybody needs help. Well, thank you again, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Peely. And to all my listeners out there, I am so grateful that you took the time to be with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review, subscribe, all those little buttons that you see all over the place, press them and put hearts and stars and all those things. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful. You'll have a great day. Bye now. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day brings us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.